When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the center of the hockey universe, this is the Off the Post podcast. Here with Ufa Boden, Swedish hockey journalist, editor-in-chief of Hockey Sveria. Did yeah. I say it right? Yeah, it sounds good. It's <laughs> one of the better uh, announcements I've heard, actually. Okay, okay. So we get, we get a passing grade. I'm here with my colleague, Michael Trakos. Hey, nailed that one, too. I, I've, I've figured out how to say Mike's first and last name. It's a huge accomplishment. Um, we've got Ufa here to, to talk about a variety of topics. Uh, the focus will be obviously on Sweden, Swedish players, the Swedish team at the Olympics. But off the top, since it's newsy and since it garnered a lot of attention on, on Twitter yesterday, we were recording this Friday afternoon, um, the New York Rangers, they've decided that they are going to throw the white flag uh, or I guess wave the, the white flag, and uh, they put up the for sale sign. It's it's time to think long term in their eyes with their president, uh, Glenn Sather, and their GM, Jeff Gordon, releasing a statement and then holding a press conference after saying, guess what? <laughs> Everyone's basically on the market right now and we're not going to hide it. What did you think of that? I was surprised because I don't think that's the way that uh, the New York Rangers have been operated. I mean, it's, it's a team that usually keep uh, everything close to the West. So uh, I was kind of surprised. And I don't know, have you guys ever seen another NHL team do it like this? I mean, when Brendan Shannon came to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, the Shannon plan was sort of a thing. But I, right. I, I, you don't see this very often, like a team really going out uh, like this. No, and that was the thing that reminded me of was uh, what the Leafs were in the Mike Babcock saying there's pain coming, like kind of warning people, okay, we're going to be, we, we've got a plan, and the, the immediate president's not going to look good, but well, we have an idea of where this is all going to lead up. And, you know, if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm about you guys, I, I'm happy to hear this. Rather than a team kind of spinning its wheels, kind of just treading water in the standings, maybe you're going to make it in as an eighth seed, a bubble team, and you're hoping to what win a playoff round, maybe win two, but you know you're not a contender, right? Like it's very rare that you sneak into the playoffs, um, barring that you maybe you had a couple injuries and you're getting back at the last minute right before the playoffs. But typically, you know who the playoff contenders are, or at least that group. And the Rangers aren't that, so uh, good on them for finally realizing like, hey, we don't have a whole lot of prospects in our system. Maybe it's time to build that up. Maybe this is a perfect chance while Hank is still. Um, a couple years away from, I guess, falling off the cliff um, of rebuilding and kind of uh, retooling on the fly. Yeah, and I, I, I was in New York last week and I saw the game against the Maple Leafs and it was, it was, that was pain. That was painful. <laughs> like the Rangers, the last few games, it's been oh, the worst hockey team I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, yeah the writing's kind of on the wall with this team, right? It, and... I mean, there was a report from Larry Brooks of the New York Post about a week ago, more or less saying what, what Sather and Gordon came out and said, but, um, you know, it was more speculation at that point. But since January 1st, they're 5-11, and 11, um, and they're 24th in points percentage, so it's actually looking probably worse than it does in the standings. 
Um, they're the fourth oldest team in the NHL. So um, them saying that they're focused on adding young competitive players, uh, it, it would make a lot of sense if they're able to get uh, the Rick Nashes of the world, maybe Matt Zuccarello, Ryan McDonough, uh, those guys out the door, they're going to yield, you know, a, a decent a decent return. Um, Nash is the UFA out of those guys, so you think, okay, um, he's just a rental player. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how far they go with this, how far to the bone, because they clearly want to turn it around quickly. Um, Lundqvist is wrapped up for a while um, through 2021, and also... You know, it, is Chris Kreider considered an older guy? He's he's 26. He's not old, but I mean, is he part of their young core of of Buznevich, of of Brady Shea, of JT Miller, Mika Zibanejad? So it's I, I'm I'm very intrigued by how this will develop. It's one thing to come out and say something like this, but it's another thing to actually follow through. And you know, maybe they don't get great offers, and and it's the summer when they unload because. Um, Sometimes that's that's what happens with the deadline. Yeah, and I mean, also the Rangers have been good and competitive for a pretty long time. So we've seen them trade a lot of draft picks and a lot of younger players to get, I mean, stay competitive. And I think that's the problem right now. They don't really have a, a good pi- pipeline with prospects. Obviously, they have Elias Anderson and Philip Schiedel. But other than that, it's like they haven't had too many first-round draft picks the last few years. So they're going to need the assets now if they're going to make this rebuild. Yeah, you're right. I think it's like four or five straight years where they traded their first rounder. And then last year they had the, or I guess, two. yeah, 2017, they had uh, two first rounders. And you mentioned uh, Hittel and uh, uh, Anderson. And yeah, none of them are really, uh, well, they're both going to be big pieces in the future, but they're not that big stud like no. a, a Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid, or an Austin Matthews. The question I'm kind of wondering here is, so we see Rangers come out and do this, and they're only three points out. Like, what does this mean for the Montreal Canadiens? What does this mean for maybe the Chicago Blackhawks? Like, there's a lot of teams that are very similar position to uh, the New York Rangers. Are they looking at themselves going, hey, maybe this is a perfect opportunity for us to kind of send a similar message to our fans and say, you know what, um, maybe this is the time to rebuild? Because I think the worst thing is, like, you don't want to be in that mushy middle um, where you're, you're getting not high picks, but you're barely making the playoffs or missing the playoffs but I think the other thing is you don't want to just kind of spin your tires spin your tires and then eventually you're saying okay now we need to rebuild well by then you don't have any assets to move and I'm looking at Vancouver where they waited probably a few years too late Mm -hmm. uh, too long before um, getting rid of the Sedins and now it looks like they're not even going to get rid of them and to me that that's a rebuild that should have happened already and then when you've got guys like Brock Besser um, Elias Anderson um, Ole Uolevi in the pipeline, this is a team that could have been making that step this year or next year. Ufi, I'm curious, what was Henrik Lundqvist, I'm assuming you dealt with him when you were in New York, what was his uh, demeanor? Like, this is obviously before the announcement comes out, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of rumors. Like, yeah. did you get a feeling that he was sort of like, get me out of here, or was he just his usual sort of self? <laughs> no, but I think as he told Larry Brooks, like, he wants to stay, even if it means, like, uh, pain coming or, or whatever. Like, he's he's in it. Like, he's got three years left on, on his deal with the Rangers after this season, and he's he said pretty bluntly that he wants to stay no matter what. So... I think it's he feels like a certain kind of loyalty towards the team, and um, that was also the thing I gathered from you know just listening to him that he he wants to stay and no matter what. So, uh, but of course he's very disappointed. He's uh, he can be uh, 
you know the kind of player that gets really emotionally attached to winning or losing so he, he's when when the team loses and when when he's not playing his best he's going to be pretty tough to deal with in in that sense but right now i, I think he's uh, having a tough time with the team and everything they haven't had an have they had a losing season under hank i think they missed the playoffs once i think that was wow. i remember it was 2010 or something so not too many times yeah this is un, this is uncharted territory for yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how that'll all unfold and how it, I don't want to say affects his legacy, but if, if you know, he ends up going back on his word and, and says, you know, a couple seasons later, if, if this rebuild or retool doesn't work out, if he does want out and wants to, to go for a cup. Because I look at him, uh, Henrik Zetterberg, and the two Sedins as sort of this old guard mm-hmm. where they're they're running out of time, let's face it. they're yeah. I believe they're all 35 or older. Yeah. And... Uh, you you know when you get to that point as an NHLer, you start thinking, uh, should I you know should I find my way out of this bad situation if they happen to be in one, or do they ride it out and, and be the loyal guy? Yeah, but I think just you know the Sedins they published their uh, letter here at right. the Players Tribune before the season, just you know were clearly stating that they they were gonna stay no matter what. Also, and I think maybe. Uh, I think there's a certain loyalty among Swedes. I don't know if if, the, if it's something is special about our upbringing or something, but uh, I, I, you know, just from talking to a lot of the players, uh, the Swedish players in the league, I get the sense that to them it's more important to stay if they feel like, uh, like you know, they if they feel like it's a place that's good for them. Like I, I talked to some of the guys with the Nashville Predators, and they said the same thing. They also like have signed long-term deals there, and like they. Like a guy like Matthias Ekholm and Victor Arvidsson probably took less money to stay, and they said like, "Well, why go anywhere else? This is the perfect situation for us." And I feel like I think I think uh, Lundqvist feels the same way, even though like uh, they're having a tough time. Yeah, we saw that with Matt Sundin in Toronto, yeah. even like uh, not willing to waive his no trade clause years ago. Is that something that's indicative of the club teams over there, where? Um, once you grow up in the system with the, as a junior player uh, with that same team that you are there for life or is there a lot of movement? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when those guys, I mean, the, the guys born in the early 80s, when they grew up, I think they, they played basically for the same teams when, when they grew up and, and, you know, I think, so I think they might have that in, in their DNA. But like these days, I think kids are more prone to move to different clubs and to get ice time or other perks uh, you know at, at other places but but for these guys i think you know it means something like you have you have like real emotions to for the team that you have played for a long time is this i had sammy hoffern on the podcast you know sammy mm-hmm. uh, so he's a finnish journalist yeah. living in canada you're obviously you, you're not from here but you're great english and you're plugged into sort of the north american uh hockey media um with, with with the Swedish sort of, I guess, current wave, is this the best it's ever been for, for Swedish hockey in terms of uh, translating to the NHL and the amount of players oh, yeah. and the high quality? Because Sam, yeah. Sammy sort of had the same answer, answer where it's like, this is a golden age. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the players born from maybe 1990 to uh, 2000, that those players have been amazing. So even though we had like our Forsbergs, our Sandins and Lindstroms and, and Salmings, I mean, they were a few. Like these days we have several stars, basically. Uh, you know, last year we had two guys competing for the Norris Trophy, Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson, and that's pretty much unheard of for in Swedish circles at least. So I think this is definitely the golden age. And 
I think it's going to continue for a few more years because we have a lot of other good players coming and that's born like 2000 and later. A golden age for Swedish defense. Yeah, especially defensemen. <laughs> you got John Klingberg right now leading all defensemen in scoring. Uh, Victor Hedman's probably going to win the Norris. And then coming up, <laughs> and that's not even talking about Eric Carlson, but then also coming up in next year's draft, or this year's draft, is going to be Rasmus Dahlin, who yeah. is the runaway favorite to be uh, number one overall. It's just, um, I don't know what's going on with the defensive uh not that the forwards aren't good, but it's just amazing how many skilled defensemen they have. Like whether it's Oliver Ekman Larson as well, um, there's just so many of them. Yeah, and I think like this year's draft uh, in Dallas, I think we're going to see maybe seven or eight Swedish defensemen in the two first rounds. Actually. Wow, that's because, yeah, a that's, ton. Yeah. yeah, is it Boquist? Boquist is, is pro- gonna probably top, five, top probably. five. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, Rasmus Sandin who plays with uh, Sue Saint Marie. And yeah, just a few other guys that are really skilled and good. And like, it's like in the Swedish league right now, it's just every week there's like a new kid coming that's like 17. And you go like, Where, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, it's like they're coming in droves. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see because like right now there's obviously just a lot of defensemen, but the forwards not coming in the, in the same way. So we'll see in a few years if we're going to have to have national teams with uh, defensemen only. <laughs> do you think this is all a trickle-down of, of growing up watching Nicholas Lidstrom? Like, is it as simple as that, or do you think that coaching has um, has been, uh, has developed so well in that area? Yeah, both. I mean, having Nick Lidstrom, who's probably the most all-around defenseman uh, in modern history, obviously, that, that that's the perfect role model in so many ways. But also, uh, a few years ago, I think it was maybe 15 years ago, Sweden had, like, really big trouble getting prime prospects like the players that came up were not good and we almost fell out of the a group in the world juniors one year mm. so i think the the federation decided like okay we need to do something about this so they actually created what they call a bible for defensemen where they kind of just stated like these are the things that uh, you need to have as a swedish defenseman and i think that really uh, from a development pr- perspective, it's really helped players because uh, suddenly they had something you know that every team in the country could look at and you, you know just use uh, when in the practices and everything. So uh, I think they they made a, a big effort really to get better defensemen. Is there an NHLer from Sweden who you think is just grossly overrated for some reason? Like he's big back home, or you? You know, you're watching him a lot, and you go, "Why isn't anyone mm. talking about him?" Oh, that's a good question. Like maybe maybe um, Hampus Lindholm doesn't probably yeah, get the love I, that he I, deserves. Yeah, that, that's that's, the, a, that's, that's a guess. Yeah, but. yeah, but Hampus Lindholm absolutely because he might not have the points, uh, but like if you look at his underlying numbers, he's always like top NHL player. So I think if he could just get you know get some more points and I think he he has the potential to score more uh, I think he would be maybe a Norris uh, candidate actually he was so good against the Oilers um, yeah, the last year's playoffs, playoffs. Yeah. Like, do you remember he hit Lucic to the ground yeah like he was delivering the body and yeah I, and I he was he playing was hurt like he had to right. have surgery on his uh, shoulder after the season so that was it made it even more impressive I gained a lot of respect for him and yeah. if we're talking about Swedish defensemen Matthias Ekholm yeah. Like that guy, and we were talking about the other night. Yeah. Like I don't know if he learned from Shea Weber or for, uh, or maybe it's all Samuelson, like you yeah. j- joked. But he's nasty with his stick. Like he, he's one of the guys that you think, oh, I don't know if there's an image of Swedes, um, just as gentlemen players. 
he's ruining that image for the guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also one of those guys that, I mean, especially if you play with the Nashville defense because you have those big four and they're all so good. Like, uh, super so bad, different super too, yeah. right? They all have like different uh, skill sets that r- really come in handy. And, you know, just the way I think Ekholm and Subban might be the best uh, defensive pairing in the, in the NHL right now. It's funny, I was talking with Paul Coffey uh, last night, and uh, he's obviously working with uh, the Oilers defense, and I asked him about Adam Larson, and he said, I don't know why this guy is not more of an offensive contributor. Uh, nothing against Adam. He's like, you look at him on the international level, and he does put up points, mm-hmm. and he's an elite defenseman. And uh, Do you think there's more there for him? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I mean, offensively? When, Are you yeah. kind of surprised that he's kind of been pigeonholed as a stay-at-home like what has he got? Three goals, three assists this year. I don't yeah. think he's ever had more than twenty-four points. No, no. I think I think that's a role he was assigned when he was in New Jersey, and I think he kind of. I mean, he he's been playing good in that role, and that's usually what happens. But I, I remember a few years ago when he came to Russia and played with uh, Sweden at the the World Championships, and he right. suddenly got some power play time, and you know you saw it like, oh yeah, he can play. So yeah, I mean, and also when he. He was a big prospect. I mean, he would. I think when he was drafted, he was like in competition to go number one. I think he went yeah, fourth third, overall. Third overall. Fourth, yeah, something like you that. You don't get third overall if you don't have no. a well-rounded game, right? Exactly, and and I feel like maybe he some of that offense got lost, you know, as he came into the NHL at, at a pretty early age. But uh, yeah, I think definitely it's more there if, if he could get the chance to play. Yeah, I don't think he's turning into Paul Coffey no, or no. Eric Carlson, but you know, I, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I'm, I know I wrote the story on Paul Coffey going there, but I'm curious to see what he can actually do with those guys because none of them are in the top 60 amongst defensemen. And when you've got a guy in Adam Larson who was traded for Taylor Hall, I think there's more to give than just being a stay-at-home defenseman. I, I, I don't know. You've seen him more than I have uh, internationally uh, and growing up, I'm sure. But uh, I just think there's probably there's got to be more potential. Yeah, but at the same time, now he's 25 years old, so you start to question whether like he'll get that shot. Because if you play a certain role for a long time, I think it's going to be really hard to you know just turn around and, and start playing in other ways. So I think he might uh, he might have been pigeonholed for life, so to speak. Right. What do you think of uh, the Swedish Sebastian Aho? <laughs> the Swedish Sebastian Aho. Has has, really has nice there been game. a line drawn like in the sand between you and Finland over over that name? Because the Finnish one's you know more prominent, but the, yeah. the the Swedish defenseman who's coming through the ranks yeah. is starting to you know get some attention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was in Brooklyn and saw him the other week. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he. I mean, we have to be honest and say like uh, Sebastian Aho is more of a Finnish name than a Swedish name, but still. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we, kind of, we kind of ask him like, okay, so now you're two Sebastian Aho's in the league. And it's like, yeah, it's time for me to take the name back. That was kind of his. Uh, <laughs> That's fun. His, his take on that. But yeah, he's he's a he's a small defenseman. But I mean, today there's room for small defensemen. Yeah. And I remember because he was passed up for the draft. I mean, I think three straight years. So it was pretty funny because they played against Nashville that uh, evening. We went to see them and uh, Victor Arbitson, who's he's obviously a forward, but they came up through the same team and. He's also a small guy, so they both had like kind of the same fate. Like Arvidsson had to wait three years before he got drafted, and then what happens next? You know, he's thirty goal scorer in the NHL. So uh, Aho, uh, I spoke to scouts because he was like one of the better defensemen within his uh, age group, but still getting 
wasn't getting drafted until this last draft. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what he can do. I think he can really be a good player in the NHL. I guess we should mention, we talked about it off here, that you're on some sort of tour yeah, <laughs> uh, through, through like North America right now. Do you uh, mind explaining what you're up to? Yeah, so the podcast I'm doing in Sweden, we uh, we kind of help promote uh, trips to to different NHL. Cities. What's it called? What's the podcast called? And NHL Timman, which means the NHL hour, but we never keep it shorter than an hour, so I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we awesome. should change names. Uh, but anyway, we we helped promote these trips, and so uh, I get to go on. I get to go. I got to go to New York, and now I'm in Toronto. And, and next week, uh, my boss Peter Siebner is going to go to uh, Vegas uh, with another group. And how did you draw the the Toronto and New York? Why does he get Vegas? Uh, yeah, you know he's the boss, so <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Yeah, how does get Toronto? Like, <laughs> no, you're, but you're it all wrong here, John. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, no, so and we have another one in March to go to Vegas, which uh, another colleague of mine will be going to. So, um, well, yeah, that's that's how I ended up here, basically. And how, like, what, what's happening on these tours? Are, are these fans meeting the players? Or yeah. is it you're, you're, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, New York last week went to the Rangers-Maple Leafs game. So even though the Rangers lost, both Mika Sibaniad and Jesper Fast came to see the group afterwards. And uh, we went to Philly to see uh, them play the Ottawa Senators. So Robert Hag, who's a rookie defenseman with the Flyers, and Magnus Pajarvi came out to see the group. And uh, a few days ago, right before the Nashville game, actually, Philip Forsberg, who's suspended, he actually invited the group to his hotel and, you know, he signed autographs to answer some questions and took photos and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's like Swedish NHL players, most of them are really, you know, likable in that sense that they always they always do stuff for you if, if you ask them, like there's never a problem that way. Who do you think has the best personality out of uh, the group? I know that's a hard question because there's so many Swedes, but oh yeah, is there one guy maybe has a great quote or he's quirky or he's funny? Uh yeah, most of them are pretty quirky and funny off off the microphone. But um, I really like Victor Hedman. I think he's a he's a stand up guy and. Gabriel Landeskog, a really nice guy come, too. Victor Hedman's story also, like the city he comes from. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, like he's not even the maybe the the top three player from that city, no. right? Like, Article it, speak, yeah. Like, rhyme off some of the names that he's from. Is it uh, yep. Naslund? Yeah, Naslund, Peter Forsberg, the Sedins, um, <laughs> him obviously. How big is uh, the city? Oh, I think it's like uh, fifty thousand. That's it. Yeah, population. Like that's that's a legit hockey yeah. factor. Yeah, I think they yeah. can put that on the yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. They should bottle water and just say, yeah. like, the official <laughs> water of the NHL. <laughs> that's true. No, they, it's been uh, fantastic. But the, the team that they used to play for kind of has fallen on hard times because they get relegated from the Swedish league and now they're struggling in the in the Hockeyallsvenskan, which is the, the second league in Sweden. So... But they can, I mean, they can be proud of what they've achieved with, like, player development because there are so many really good players from that small town. Yeah, let's talk about the Swedish, uh, I guess, el- the elite players that have been produced from that country. I wrote down my Mount Rushmore, so my top four, but I'm curious, you might have a different top four all time. So we'll just, we'll just start with Nicholas Lidstrom because he's going to be in that top yeah. four, and then where would you go from there? Oh, boy. Um... I'm surprised you don't have this just banked. Again. Yeah, I know. So four <laughs> guys. Well, obviously, I think Boris Almig because he was such a pioneer. And then I'd probably go, yeah, Forsberg Sandin at this point. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah. I, I'm maybe uh, suffering from some recency bias, but I, I went Henrik Lundqvist, 
Eric Carlson, Nicholas Istrom, and then I couldn't come up with the fourth one between Forsberg, Sundin, and the Sedins. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm going to take your your opinion. Yeah, I mean, a little more seriously I mean, than mine. Like you, it's uh, it's always easier, like in hindsight, because I mean, some of the guys are that are probably going to be there in the future. They're still playing, so it's 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 kind of hard to 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 say. But but I think. Uh, Obviously, Eric Carlson and probably Henrik Lundqvist as well. When everything is said and done, they're probably going to be considered like two of the best. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is already the best goalie we ever had. So there you go. You guys are not even putting Darlene in there. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I've heard, this guy is better than Lidstrom, better than Carlson. Yeah, they should legitimately make a Mount Rushmore Swedish version and just start by by chipping away on Darlene's face, and then they'll go from there. Well, how crazy is the hype? Because I know you and I talked right before the World Juniors, and you said. Has there ever been a guy who gets his own private press conference uh, before the World Juniors begins because there's that much attention? And we saw it all tournament. Like every day there was questions. Wow, could you believe what this guy did on the ice? Could you believe what he did? Have you seen anything like it? Like any other prospect coming up? And there have been, whether it's Hedman, um, Larson, there have been top three guys. No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, just the way... At this age, I mean, he is, hasn't even turned 18 yet, and he's like a dominating force in the in the Swedish league, which is a good league. So, I mean, Victor Hedman was really good at the same age. Adam Larson was as well, but they're not close to this. I mean, this kid is gonna play the Olympics. I mean, I mean, which is gonna be a pretty uh, you know veteran tournament with like I think the Swedish team has like a, it's like most players are 30 30 years old right. or older. So, yeah. Yeah, let's pause on Darlene for a second. So, you know, we're seeing the hype here locally, mm-hmm. and it's it's obviously in not even comparable to, I would imagine, what's going on in Sweden. Like, do you think that we're all, as a hockey community, putting too much pressure on this kid? Because the names of, of Nicholas Lidstrom, mm-hmm. Eric Carlson, Brian Leach, like all these names being slapped on him, and not, not you know, by one person. It's like anyone who watches him, anyone yeah. who scouts him, they just they, they can't help themselves. No, I mean, there's probably going to be like a, he's probably going to suffer through some hard time during his first uh, rookie season in the NHL, obviously, because most defensemen do, especially they're that young. But at the same time, I mean, his personality, I mean, he's not the greatest coach you'll ever find, but like he takes everything in stride. Like uh, you can, you, you just watch him around, you know, cameras and, and microphones and like he takes everything in stride. He's, he's very cool, calm and collected about the whole thing. So I think he's got the right mindset and I don't think it bothers him as much as it might have done to others. So I, I'm, I'm pretty safe and sound about his chances of being not being bothered by it. When did you hear about him? Like when he was 15, 14? Yeah, so in Sweden we have this uh, tournament called the TV Pucken the TV puck uh, translated to English and it's like the best 15 year olds uh, from every district or different uh, what, like province? province yeah pretty much uh, play uh, a big tournament which is like the the last games of the tournaments are always uh, shown on, on uh, television so uh, so that was the first time everyone started talking about him. and you just saw like how dominant he was at 15 you know he was uh, just you know, so much better than everyone else, and he was uh, voted best defenseman in that tournament. And after that, he uh, came to Frölunda, and uh, I don't think he played there even like more than a few months before they said like we gotta get this kid up to the to the top team because like top level team because he's so good. So last season he uh, 
he made his debut and you know he's been lights out ever since yeah what what skill do you think is most impressive about him you know is it his skating his his puck handling his uh, his hockey sense um, yeah i'd say oh that's a good question because like he's good at all those stuff but i think his hockey sense just he he seems to have this um this skill you know to 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 be ahead of the game like you know just when he gets the puck it's kind of similar to eric carlson whenever he gets the puck he's kind of dictates the game altogether what happens on the ice like the pace and everything and i think dalin is is the same way and also just you don't see like defensemen deke guys like he does like he can deke players so hard that they they fall on their butts i mean you don't see it very often so yeah there's so much to like about his game but those are some of the things that stand on to me yeah it's the best too when uh, eric carlson just comes out and says guys like when I was 17, I wasn't even half of this no. player. And, and you know, you would know that yeah. that's actually true. He's yeah. not being modest. It's like, that's no, no. that's how far ahead this guy yeah. is compared to the guys that he's even yeah. being com- compared to. Yeah, true. Um, let's talk about the Olympic team because uh, the Canadian roster is a lot of uh, late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s kind of journeymen mm-hmm. uh i think all but two guys on the 25-man roster played in the nhl at some point um so it's a bunch of cast-offs what how would you describe the swedish team because you guys obviously can't use uh nhlers either but you know you have your own league you have your own you know network i could you could say in, in yeah. europe uh how would you describe this team well pretty much the same it's a lot of guys who's been in the nhl victor stahlberg those kind of players that you know were pretty effective for a while but you know the later towards the 30s they came you know the less of a role they got so uh, basically it's a lot of players that are that were uh, born in or uh, have are playing in russia or, or switzerland and a few guys playing in sweden so i mean there's not a, a lot of young talented players that way there, there are a few who might have a future in the nhl outside of rasmus Dahlin, but um nothing that stands out really it's funny, I was looking at the list today, and obviously I knew that there weren't going to be NHLers on the list, but you look and it's like, oh, there's a Franz, and oh, not that Franz, and <laughs> exactly. oh, there's a, Cro- a Cronwall, but yeah. not that Cronwall, and you just go down the list. I don't know if it's because Sweden just has only so many last names, but there's yeah. a Pedersen, there's... Um, a, lot, a lot of siblings, like you got Joel Lundqvist, yeah. you've got the Stefan Kronwall, yeah. who was a Leaf uh, prospect, yeah. brother of Nicholas, and uh, who's the other one I saw out there? Well, you mentioned... Klingberg? Carl Klingberg. Oh, right. Yeah. Jan's older brother. Oh, that's his brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a lot of familiarity, except yeah. we don't actually know who these guys are. No. And it also, that makes it so hard to tell, like, like what teams are good. We know Russia, because they have, like, this all-star team. But, I mean, if you look at the American roster, if you look at, the, like, the Canadians or the Czechs or the Finns, like, or the Swedes, like, it's really hard to tell, like, which team is, is the better because, well, the players are kind of similar. Yeah, unless you're some sort of international hockey geek and know every player playing in every league, like I feel like a lot of people, until the games start or until they're embedded, say in South Korea, um, you're not really gonna know because no. it's it's just so random. Like the Canadian team, you look at it and you go, they might have a a good chance here because their their defensemen are all small, mobile. Like they're sort of they play an NHL game, we'll yeah. say a, a modern NHL game. They have their goaltenders have played very well internationally this season. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's things that you can sort of connect and say, oh, they'll probably do well. But then Russia, they they're more of a team than anyone else. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like I think I don't know if Russia had like 15 players from the same team, like the Ska St. Petersburg team, which is like ridiculously good. It probably would have been an NHL team right. played in North America. So, do you have a feel for what Dolling's role will be? Like, is it going to be impactful? Is it going to be just minor? I think uh, probably five on five, he's going to have a sheltered role, but I think uh, he's going to get some time on the power play, actually. So, And I, I guess, I mean, if he plays good, I, I don't see any reason why not to give him more ice time. In this. But I think, you know, maybe the star with it might be like the be a third pair defenseman, but, you know, getting the offensive zone starts and, and stuff like that. Now let's talk about uh, your place in the hockey role, I guess I'll say. Do you mind going through sort of your role uh, as editor-in-chief of, of a hockey website in Sweden? Like, are you focusing a lot on the NHL? Are you focusing on the domestic league? And, you know, how often are you traveling? I'm, I'm always curious yeah. when I meet, like <laughs> like Sammy Hoffren, who yeah. half of our conversation was like, so what do you do day-to-day because of the time difference and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, personally, I, I'm more of an NHL fan. That's, like, where my hockey interest grew uh, when I was a kid. But also, I live, like pretty much next to the the rink in Stockholm where Eurogarden play their games. So I go to a lot of SHL games. I do a lot of SHL stores, obviously. But uh, my main focus is the NHL, and I do a lot surrounding the world juniors and, and prospects. So, um, but like on our website, we try to cover as much as we can, uh, like even uh, Russian hockey and, you know, what happens in Europe, especially with Swedish players, just to keep tabs of everyone, because like right now we have more than 100 players in North America, so it's also like the, the AHL and it's uh, CHL mm-hmm. and like Russian League, Swiss League, yeah, everything basically. So we try to cover as much as we can. How accessible is our NHL games to say the common fan? Is it being played on normal cable or do you have to have like Game Center? Uh, well, we have a, a, a company called uh, Viasat, which has the right. So you can just have a, you know, if you buy their package, you get all the games. So, But they're played mostly in the middle of the night, so it's, it's tough to, to catch them. Did you grow up as, as uh, like, just loving hockey, you wanted to be a hockey journalist, or was this something that fell in your lap? Uh, no, I, I, I grew up playing, and I played till I was 21, and... Uh, then just got you, hurt. And you have an elite prospects page. I wasn't sure yeah. <laughs> if it was real because it has your face now. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, so I was I like, is this a, I don't know. I didn't know how to take it. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, I think it was mostly a joke from, uh, since uh, we're in the same company and I work with elite prospects as well. So I think uh, my boss and, and the guy who does okay. the prospect, they wanted, I wanted they to wanted, double check. Yeah, so they got somehow they got got a hold of my stats, and they're not too flattering. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, it's it's pretty funny with elite prospects actually, because like uh, almost any player can be on there. Like even if you play it on a very low level, you you can still have a elite prospect page. Yeah, that that website's really exploded over the last I'd say five years. Yeah, I feel like before it was hockey DB was yeah. the main spot. Hockey reference has always been there, and it's very yeah. useful. But I feel like elite prospects, if you're trying to find information about one guy learn a lot about yeah. one guy you go straight to the their page and i mean you're you're kind of set in terms of like you know getting yeah. yourself started that's our main goal and i mean uh, like right now we like every week it seems like we have a new traffic record and mostly because it, it's growing so much in north america like uh, people here are finally 
getting what it's about so that's that's really we're really, really happy about that how do you find these stats because i'm kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> you even ask the player like oh can you find out how many goals or points you had like a couple years ago when you're playing like a triple a league in toronto and I'm like well i don't know i don't think it exists and then you go on the elite <laughs> prospect page yeah. and it's right there yeah i mean it's uh, the team that works with the website they're fantastic i don't know either how they, how they manage <laughs> it but i mean there's there's a lot of work that that is put put into that i mean just finding all the stuff and you know making sure that it's correct and yeah right. It's fantastic. So you work for the same company. That yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do a lot of work for Elite Prospects as well. That that's the English uh, stuff I write. Sometimes it's, we have like a, a small section with you know mostly pro- prospect related stuff. So yeah, interesting. Yufa, thank you for uh, for coming in. I don't know if I'm screwing up your name. Like, <laughs> I'm okay. still not sure. You know when you hear a word and then you're corrected about it. And then you don't remember which one is actually yeah. the one you're supposed to say. Now I'm in my head about it. Is it Ufa? I, I've had this funny Ufa. thing. Ufa. 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 So I had this fun thing uh, going to Starbucks even, uh, since I came here. And, you know, just trying to get them to, to yeah, get my right. name right. right. But uh, I've had so many different uh, combinations on this trip. Like, it's, you wouldn't <laughs> believe it. But no one really got it right. So uh, I'm happy you guys were at least close. Well, why don't you uh, let us know how people can follow you on Twitter and, and your work. Yeah, it's Ufe Budin, U-F-F-E-B-O-D-I-N. That's my Twitter handle. And uh, yeah, if you want to read my English stuff, it's mostly up on Elite Prospects. Awesome. It's unfortunate you didn't go to Vegas, but Toronto's yeah. a, a good uh, second spot. I'm pretty happy anyway. All right, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks, guys.